practically the same game. 67 to 65 in overtime. Penn State gets the win over Northwestern. But it is crazy to me how Penn State went from a, a team that didn't seem like they belonged anywhere near the NCAA tournament to a fringe like, well, maybe they could make the play in to now, honestly, a sleeper pick to make some noise and upset some lower seeds. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. My name is Zach Seiko, your host, Adam Sheets. Penn State Men's Basketball Insider. I like doing these live post-game shows because, Adam, I always get to talk to you. Thank you again for your time, and what a win by Penn State, 67-65 to 65 over Northwestern. Complete, very identical to the first time they played. Yeah, Penn State got off to a slow start, had turnover problems. Both teams really started out slow. Northwestern took a one-point lead into the locker room. Penn State came out of the locker room very hot. Northwestern made the run really back and forth, two very evenly matched teams, and Penn State just made the plays they needed to in overtime and survived after, you know, you don't see it a lot, but Northwestern executed the make one, miss one, get the rebound perfectly at the end of the game, and Chase Audi's shot just doesn't go in, and Penn State survive in advance in March, and they find their way, and they're moving on to the semifinals. There's so many directions I want to take this conversation, Adam. And please, people, this is another live edition of Locked On Nittany Lions. So if you are joining us live in the moment, please give us your thoughts, your comments, your feedback, and your comment just might show up on the show. Uh, but uh, Penn State should not have won this game. They they really shouldn't. They really shouldn't have for for two reasons. Uh, number one, they shot sixty two percent. From the free throw line, uh, which is not great. And all those guys, they're 70, 80 plus percent free throw shooters. Uh, and they had 29 opportunities so that they they missed 11 free throws in the game, whereas Northwestern was 81 percent. They were 17 of 21. Uh, and then on top of that, this was the this was the bigger deal to me. You had 15 turnovers committed by the Nittany Lions to Northwestern's four. The fact that Penn State won this game is beyond me. Yeah, I mean, they, they really had to gut this one out. You look at all the numbers, as you said, you know, free throws and turnovers, usually in close games, those are the first things you look at to see who's going to win it. And then Northwestern put up a crazy number, nearly 20 points off of those Penn State turnovers. So they were really efficient capitalizing in Penn State. As you said, they're not a team that forces a lot of turnovers for the other team. That's just not the way they play. They just play tough defense, make you take a tough shot and try to rebound. But Northwestern protected the ball, only had the four turnovers, and Penn State was giving the ball away the second time in a row. They've really struggled to protect the basketball against Northwestern when they've played them this mm -hmm. season. But, you know, it's just about, you know, those are things you're okay learning about in a win instead of learning about them in a loss. And Penn State's able to survive, as we said, you know, find a way to win, made some plays. Jalen Pickett was good in overtime. Seth Lundy had big shot after big shot for this team, and they're moving on. But as you said, those are two very glaring numbers. Back-to-back -back games now we've seen Penn State struggle at the foul line. So that's something they're really going to have to sure up before they get to the semifinal against Indiana or Maryland tomorrow 
And they advanced to the Big Ten semifinals for the first time since 2018. Uh, Penn State uh, also getting a win over Northwestern in that time as well. So a little bit of deja vu. But really, I just what is impressive to me is the fact that they did win this game. Because I know Northwestern isn't great offensively, but the fact that Penn State had 15 turnovers, the fact that they just couldn't make any free throws consecutively, it was always one or none, and they held Northwestern to 31% from the field and then 25 from three-point range. That is a huge step up from the same Northwestern team that hit 41% the first time they played. Yeah, I mean, they made it really hard on them. I think, you know, you just look at the way the game was played. Of outside of the turnovers leading to runouts, Penn State was really good defensively. They made really tough shots, and Northwestern made some of them. But it was really hard. You know, even the one easy one they got there right at near the end of overtime, they were down by three, and they got a great a ground by two correction. They got a great look for Boo Booey off a screen. That was the easiest shot they had all day, and Boo Booey just really didn't have it going from behind the arc for the Wildcats, which really hurt them in this game. When Booey scores 16, very you know, inefficient doing it. That's what Penn State would want to do, make it really hard on them, make them take a lot of shots to get those 16 points. And they really shut down Chase Audis, who only had six points in the game, was 3 of 14 shooting. So the defense for Penn State is something that Coach Shrewsbury harped on a lot of this season, trying to sure that up. And they were able to do so today when they needed to and get key stops in overtime to help get them this win. And for Penn State, uh, Cam Winter had a surprising performance in the fact that he just was really limited. Uh, I mean, he he played the, he had the gritty performance because he still had six rebounds, but only three points. He ended up fouling out Adam. Uh, and then you got 16, 15, and 14 from your three best players. But the unsung hero was Kanye Clary, despite missing some of the free throws that he did. I thought he really stepped up. And, and it's nice, again, even though that consistent fourth option isn't always there this is what makes Penn State a better tournament team now because yes Seth Lundy Jalen Pickett and Andrew Funk are your big three but it's the fact that you're getting Kanye Clary one night you're getting Cam Winter another night you're getting Mikey Hen you're getting Miles Dredd with the conversation around Illinois yesterday was the fact that they didn't trust their bench they had uh, Underwood, Coach Underwood had a hard time uh, trusting the bench players. They didn't go that deep. Penn State can play nine guys that they really want to. Yeah, they, they have a lot of guys on that bench that can really contribute. Michael Hen came in, gave him 14 minutes. You look at Evan Mahaffey, only played three, but was very effective You know, defensively. I think he did a good job when he was in there. Didn't really record any stats, picked up a foul. But Kanye Clary, as you said, was huge for this team. And it's huge because this is the type of game you need Kanye Clary to play well because Penn State only had six assists as a team. This was a one-on-one, -on -one, spread it out. You're going against your guy, and you got to beat him and get that dribble penetration. And he did that so well tonight. You know, that through two games out in Chicago. There's been no one that can keep Kanye Clary in front of him. He's really quick, one of the fastest guys in the conference as a freshman. He does a great job getting to the basket, finishing when he's around there, finishes with 11 points, 5 of 10 shooting. Um, so, you know, that's just something really huge for this team. He's a guy that's very similar to Cam Winter on how he can create for himself off the dribble. And when Cam Winter didn't have it going, as you said, only three points in 33 minutes, in 19 minutes, Kanye Clary can give you those 11 points and be very efficient doing so. It is lucked on Nittany Lions. We're talking Penn State Northwestern and how this Pensacola is now they're 
they're definitely solidified mm-hmm. in to get two back-to-back quad one wins and essentially what are road games this is nothing neutral about these uh these games out in chicago going up against the illinois teams but adam you and i both said that this was the best avenue penn state had if they wanted to make a run in the big 10 tournament and now we're seeing it come to life as it is so let's hold that thought and uh, pay homage to one of our sponsors of today's episode and that is fanduel sportsbook the Midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet guaranteed up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on all your favorite NBA bets from the money line, point spread to the total, to player props like points, rebounds, and assists. And so many more exclusive bets like the two by three, two three pointers in scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball because the madness is here. It is on full display. March Madness. Locked On College Basketball, the show you need for everything college basketball. You get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So for me, Penn State, despite the... 15 turnovers, despite the struggles at the free throw line. I know it's that's a little concerning for me, mm-hmm. but the fact that you were able to still win this game, go to overtime, tells me a lot more about this team and why just two months ago, I said on an episode that Penn State wasn't an NCAA tournament team. In the moment, they weren't. Mm-hmm. Then something clicked for them when we, because all the things that we kept saying, Adam, about how, They needed that fourth option. They needed other guys. It couldn't just because when you took away Andrew Funk, when you took away or had Jalen Pickett limited, Penn State, you could shut them down easily. Now you don't have that opportunity anymore. And then guys like Mikey Hen have finally emerged. Cam Winter falls in that category as well. But I wouldn't really call Mikey Hen that that fourth option they're going to go to every single night. But the fact that you can bring in an Evan Mahaffey and he contributes something significant, a Mikey Hen, while guys like Kanye Clary, Cam Winter, become that fourth scoring option in a sense. So for me, depending on where they're placed, I really think Penn State can make the Sweet, sweet 16 here is my, my bottom line here. I think they can upset a couple of teams and, and get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, I think they're playing their way, and I think they're a team right now that you look at all these top seeds you're going to see in the NCAA tournament, they're looking around saying, we do not want to see Penn State in this thing because if they get hot from behind the arc or Jalen Pickett has one of his masterful performances, you're in trouble because – and I was talking to some people about this. Penn State's going to be a difficult team to guard if they're able to get out of that first game in the NCAA tournament because Jalen Pickett is so different compared to other guards these teams have seen all year. There's not many post-centric 
point guards in the country. And that's what these teams that you're going to look at that if Penn State, let's say they're the 10 seed, if they could win their 7-10 game and get to a two seed, that's an interesting matchup for these teams to try to figure out on the fly only one day to really look at Jalen Pickett and how to guard him, how to guard Andrew Funk and all the sets they do to get him and Seth Lundy and those guys shots and Cam Winter's ability. So Penn State's going to be a difficult out for any team. And there is a path that if they get, you know, favorable matchups from some of these top seeds, if they get maybe a team that's kind of really fallen off down the stretch, it's still up there around the one, two line in that second round, you know, Penn State could be right in position to pull off some upsets and reach the sweet 16 for the first time since 2001. Yeah, and I think they there's not a lot of teams that they don't match up well with anymore because originally it was those big physical teams. Purdue's different, Purdue, right? Uh, to lose two games to Purdue is not surprising because they do have talent in the backcourt, but I'm going to be critical of them because these freshmen are, are not capable of handling this much of a workload in their first full season. You, you saw it full display uh, against Rutgers, that Rutgers was able to hold its own against them, even though they were able to pull away. I, even though Ohio State uh, lost Bryce Sensabaugh, and I don't, I don't think he's going to play in the Purdue game. He missed, he missed the game today against Michigan State. But, Adam, I, I really think that Purdue is going to, to show some – they're going to lose that speed because they were heavy dependent on the on the backcourt, on that guard play, and now they're here. But in that case, for Penn State, I'm saying it's that complete team that, that has so many options. And Zach Eadie's different than Hunter Dickinson in the fact that he has a little more athleticism. He's just not a big body uh, and, and can't – and he's not really so limited. But for, for Penn State, that's why I only think like a Creighton. In, in as a sixth seed, as some uh, some people are now projecting to face Iowa State, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's still not the best matchup, but if they can, like, if they can get a team like St. Mary's a, as the sixth seed, I, I I have full confidence they make it into the round of 32. So it is a matter of where they get placed. But you kind of, I think, if they have those, if they face somebody with an athletic big man. Not a statue because Northwestern has that. And look at that. He's he's huffing and puffing up and down the court. But for in the case of Creighton, who's, you know, we're having this live show currently on TV, you're going to see that they have some athletic stretch men. And that's where Penn State's going to have a problem because that speed is so good against teams like Northwestern, Michigan. I think ultimately if they played Purdue again, they'd really give Purdue a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Penn State would have to figure out the Zach Eady problem, but, you know, Penn State definitely, you know, third time. We talked about going to the Illinois game. Hard to beat a team three times, especially Micah Shrewsbury, who knows that Purdue team so well. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely, you know, he's done good scouts on them. I mean, Mason Gillis just shot the lights out the second time they played him. So that'd be an interesting matchup if somehow we'd see that. I don't think we will. Maybe in the Big Ten Championship game, we see them again. That could be a very interesting game. Uh, but, yeah, but I think Penn State, the one matchup, you know, we I saw Joe Lenardi had going into this for ESPN. He had him playing Kentucky. That's obviously changed. That was this morning before Penn State won. Um, so maybe Penn State's moving off that line with Kentucky and might be moving to a different seed. I think Penn State has a good chance to maybe be a 10 or 9 seed now, which yeah. would really make it a favorable matchup because they're playing a team very comparable to who they are and what they're able to do. You know, teams in that 7 or 8 range, which will be a very interesting matchups. But as you said, I think Penn State ha- has the ability to adapt. Coach Shrewsbury is such a great coach and has the ability to scheme 
scheme out things, you know, make you do what you don't want to do. He's not going to let you beat them with what you're good at. He's going to make you find a different way to win. Um, so I think Penn State, they're going to be a tough team just because of how well coached they are. And they're a veteran team. You know, we've talked about they're the most yeah. experienced team in the country, according to Ken Palm. They're the teams you see that make these Cinderella runs are the teams that have a lot of seniors and a very veteran team that's been here, knows how to win games in these types of settings. So I think Penn State, even though they don't have a lot of guys that have played in the NCAA tournament, they have that ability with the veterans, knowing how to have that quick turnaround, getting ready to play teams in March, and they're just going to find a way. So I think Penn State's a scary team heading into the NCAA tournament. Well, and it's no surprise, too. I think mm-hmm. that this team, the pieces were there, but when these guys haven't been playing ball together for three to four years, this was a, a makeshift team almost again overnight. And and because Micah, thank goodness for the transfer portal, because Penn State had Penn State with Micah Shrewsbury in year two had to build a program from the ground up. I, you'd be seeing another team that would be a 13 or a 14 seed and just not having the same type of success. You'd have a lot of the freshmen out on the floor just getting their playing experience right away. But because they can go get an Andrew Funk, because they can go get a Mikey Hen, because they can go get a Cam Winner, a Jalen Pickett the year before to complement a guy like Seth Lundy who's already in the program, that takes time. And the fact that it's it's gone this quickly, I, I mean... Th- that's that's surprise. That's a testament to good coaching. It's surprising, but it's not because of how Micah Shrewsbury is and conducts his program. Yeah, I mean he he really embraced this, and Micah Shrewsbury. This is where him being an NBA guy really helps Penn State because he's used to guys, you know, being an assistant coach in the NBA, you know, you have some guys are locked up to four-year deals. A lot of your role players on those teams are really in and out sometimes. You know, you're getting new guys really quick and you got to adjust them. The trade deadline comes and you make a trade. So you got to find a way to fit a guy into your system before the playoffs start. You know, this is kind of what Micah Shrewsbury has been doing by attacking the transfer portal. You know, he's one of the best in the country. He's shown that over the last two years, getting guys like Jalen Pickett, Cam Winter, Andrew Funk, Mikey Hen having the ability to come off the bench while also still doing it somehow the traditional way by signing the highest ranked recruiting class in Penn State history coming in and the freshmen like a Keba Jai, a, a Kanye Clarion, and Evan Mahaffey contributing mightily as freshmen on this team. So Penn State, you got to feel good. A testament to Micah Shrewsbury. That's why there's probably a lot of interest right now. There's been 30 jobs that have opened up already across college basketball. I'm sure there's a lot of interest. So Pat Kraft's going to have some work to do here to make sure they're going to be safe and keeping Micah Shrewsbury around Penn State, but he's proven he's one of the best coaches in the country, and he's got Penn State in the semifinals in his second year and winning two games in the Big Ten tournament for the second year in a row. Yeah, that's true as well. Uh, Penn State uh, beat Minnesota last year and then mm-hmm. beat Ohio State before it came to an end with Jaden Ivey and Purdue. And it was close. Uh, if yeah. it wasn't for that uh, late play by Jaden Ivey, they make it a little more interesting. But this Penn State team this season, why I think they can get to the Sweet 16 is because they mirror, they mimic more of the tradition, traditional style of play in modern basketball, whereas the, the Big Ten's going to struggle as a whole. I think Purdue gets knocked out early. If Michigan still makes the tournament, I think they get knocked out early. Illinois, Rutgers, there's not really a, a lot of teams that I look at in the Big Ten just because of the way that basketball has changed and Micah Shrewsbury has adapted his game plan to go get the players to, to have this symbiotic relationship where he's fitting his plan to the talent that he has while also being able to get the best guys that suit what he wants to do. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he showed that last year to this year. You know, his ability, he played a certain way last year because that's how Penn State had to play last year. They didn't have the bodies to shoot a lot of threes. They had to play really slow, pack it in, be a lot of low-scoring team. Very similar to the way Northwestern plays this year in very slow-paced defensive style. So very similar to what Chris Collins has had to do to win at Northwestern this season. And then this season, he's got better players, and they can play faster, and they've got better shooters. Allows Jalen Pickett to go to that mid-post, and it's hard to guard him because he can't double because they've got so many shooters around him so I mean he has done a great job adapting they're playing the way he wants to play very similar I think eventually this will be a team that's really really fast they still play a little slower pace that's because Jalen Pickett is not a guy Mm -hmm. who does play up and down his best style is sitting down in the half court going one-on-one and being effective so I think eventually you know when Kanye Clary becomes a full range point guard next season they'll play a little faster because that's how Kanye Clary does and coach Shrewsbury will continue to adapt to the talent he has but it's such a testament to him and as you said, they are very similar to some of the teams around the country that they're going to see in this NCAA tournament, more similar than most Big Ten teams. So it is a team that's going to be very hard to figure out once you get there, and they're going to be a very hard out in the NCAA tournament. Well, and Penn State could run if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. That, that's just yeah. the thing. Because they're playing Big Ten opponents right now, they don't have to run. I mean, mm-hmm. think back to the Clemson game that went to overtime, oh. That uh, the score that got into the 90s. The, they they kind of match the type of opponent they're playing, but it, it's working. So if they do, well, if they play a fast-paced team, no, they can run with them. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, they wouldn't mind that. I think it's because the way the Big Ten's structured and the types of teams that they play, uh, this is just the pace of the game and the flow of the game. Penn State is one of the slower teams in the country in terms terms of possessions per game, but they're also one of the most efficient teams on offense. Just look at the Kem Prom ranking. I think they're top 20. They might even mm-hmm. be top 15 if you update those ratings. So Adam, let's preview what is to come for Penn State now before the NCAA tournament. That is a guarantee. Uh, so we got to do a double scouting report, Indiana and Maryland. Since at this time of the live show, we don't know who they're going to play, even though Indiana is on top right now in the middle of it. But first, we got to talk about another sponsor of today's show, and that is Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you've got to try a Built Bar. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year, and if you're like me where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise all the taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That is right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it. I'm really not. But these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club run-in, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Final segment of Locked on Nittany Lions, uh, talking to Adam Sheet. Adam Sheets, Penn State men's basketball insider. And Adam, uh, they're going to play a a Maryland team that I think would be a more ideal matchup or an Indiana team that just they've recovered. 
They've gotten healthy at the right time. Uh, this was one of the teams that were considered a dark horse favorite to win the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're currently ranked, so they're going to be probably a four or a five seed when all mm -hmm. said and done here. Which team, I think you're going to agree with me, which team does Penn State not want to face in the semifinals? I think they don't want to face Indiana uh, because okay. just Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he's a mismatch. He's a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. You know, he's very athletic. And they have a really good play. Jalen Hood Shafino has really come on over the last month. He was one of the big one freshman of the year in the Big Ten, beating out Bryce Sensabaugh. He's been unbelievable, had a huge 30 plus point game against Purdue earlier this year. He's a really good matchup and he's going to be tough for Penn State to stop. I think, you know, Indiana does have a problem where their guard defenders sometimes are not really where they need to be. So maybe Jalen Pickett could have an advantage in that. In Maryland, obviously, they played them twice. It was a great game inside the Bryce Jordan Center. Penn State won on a cam winner, game winner to win by one point. So I think that'd be another interesting matchup. Maryland does some things very interesting as well. They really make you play one-on-one, -on -one, don't really help, and it's really hard to score against them. Uh, but I think, you know, Indiana – just they're a lot better than they were when Penn State faced them last and beat them by 19. So I think that's just yeah. Indiana's a team that's peaking at the right time. It's going to be a very tough matchup if Penn State has to face the Hoosiers in the semifinals. They also got forward race Thompson back, mm -hmm. and that was someone that uh, wasn't at 100% for most of the season. He's now back. Same thing with uh, Trace Jackson Davis. He was someone that they could have held out for an extended period of time, but they needed him back at 70, 80% desperately just to remain competitive. And now he's kind of progressing towards 100%. Uh, the good thing is now this was back a week ago, but Xavier Johnson is not coming back this mm -hmm. season. He would have definitely, even in a limited capacity, Xavier Johnson, for him to come off the bench as a sixth or a seventh man would have put this Indiana team, I think, over the top. So there's still some vulnerable spots. They're not the team that they thought they would be. And speaking of NBA coaches, Mike Woodson over there uh, <laughs> is another, you know, is another one. And that that'd be a fun coaching matchup to watch with both teams at full strength here. And I think that's what's really helped Penn State is, you know, knock on wood here. I got a wooden desk in front of me, Adam. Uh, but Penn State has remained very healthy uh, throughout a majority of the season. We've been missing Caleb Dorsey uh, only really just him. But uh, Penn State, like I said, has just gotten better. They built the chemistry that is not going to be there when you build through the transfer portal in two years like this, but now it's happening. And that's because of the veteran experience. If these were all inexperienced players with a lot of potential that were coming in out of the transfer portal, I don't think this would have worked as well, but because you got a veteran Jalen Pickett, a veteran uh, Andrew Funk, a veteran Mikey Hen, they have been through this before. They've been doing this for years. They know how to do it and they know what works well so that you can mesh as quick as possible. And I think that's why we're seeing Penn state, uh, where they are at this point. So I agree. I think mm -hmm. that Indiana would be the more troublesome matchup strictly because of a healthier Trace Jackson Davis who averages 20 points and 11 rebounds, and he's athletic. That's the difference here. It's not a statue in Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson. He is an athletic six foot nine, six foot ten. It can move. He's not isolated to just the paint or the low block. He can play just about anywhere. And, and it's really tough to guard him. Uh, Kebajai, you would like to think that he could step up in that matchup, but just still a, a little bit on the inexperienced side. And that that would be a tough ask for him to do. 
yeah, it'd be really hard to ask him to do. The one thing that Trace Jackson Davis struggles at, he's not a good shooter. So that'd be the one thing Penn State's going to have to game plan to make him shoot shots outside. Don't want to let him get in the paint. That's what he does. But something else, Trace Jackson, he is a great rim protector and shot blocker. So, you know, you're mm-hmm. talking about Cam Winter, Kanye, Clary, and those guys getting in the lane. Him being there is going to alter a lot of those shots driving in. So it's going to be really hard for Penn State to get inside with Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. As you said, he's back. He's a really good interior defender and puts a lot of pressure on the interior offensively as well. So, you know, as we said, this is a very different team. This is an Indiana team peaking at the right time. But at the same time, Penn State's peaking at the right time. So if that would be the matchup, you'd see two teams that are playing really, really good basketball. Great coaching matchup with Mike Woodson and Micah Shrewsbury. And it would just be a great game, I think. That's kind. Of, it's going to be the second game tomorrow. Really going to make people stick around after that Ohio State-Purdue game to watch what should be a great game if it's Indiana or Maryland against Penn State. It'll be approximately a 3.30 tip-off when Penn State plays next, either Indiana or Maryland. So if it is, I I, I like Penn State to beat Maryland. Indiana is going to be a a tougher challenge for them. If Penn State does make it to the Big Ten championship game, whether it is somehow a double-seeded Ohio State uh, or a Purdue, I, I like them to win. I think people are going to look at me crazy that I'm saying that Penn State could beat either Purdue or Ohio State, but that's just the fact of the matter where Penn State has changed and where Purdue has changed as well. Um, I think Ohio State even can give them fits. I mean, that's a Michigan State team they should have lost to without Bryce Sensenbaugh, and they got another one of their true freshmen to step up in a big way. So I, I honestly think Ohio State pulls off the upset against Purdue, and if Penn State's able to hopefully play a Maryland team, we could be seeing a Nittany Lion versus Buckeye championship game. But what do you what do you think is ultimately going to happen here down the stretch of the Big Ten tournament? I want to say Penn State's going to win. I said it before the tournament. I'm still thinking it's a Purdue-Indiana collision course. I think Ohio State's got a great chance. I just think the legs for the Buckeyes are going to really start to waver here. Losing Bryce Sensible, losing a body. They don't have a lot of depth along that front line. With Zed Key being out for the year, it's really Felix Akpara and not much behind him. They have to go small when he goes out. So I think Zach Eady's going to be a really tough matchup for them, especially if the officials call it tight. They called the Rutgers game very tight today. Cliff Omori got in some foul trouble with mm-hmm. about eight minutes to go so if they call a tight knock par gets in foul trouble Ohio State's gonna have a big problem on the interior probably gonna have to play zone and hope that Purdue does not have a good shooting day and I think Indiana right now I think this is a team that's on a mission they really had high expectations coming into the year struggled early really starting to figure it out I think they're gonna be a tough matchup but like I said I, I would not be shocked if Penn State finds their way in this championship but I think Purdue right now you know they have the problem when you pressure them they really struggle they have not been good against a full court press this season but if they're able to slow the game down and get it inside to Zach Eady that's obviously the matchup nightmare every team has to deal with but I think these are going to be four teams and when we get to the semifinals be very good playing their best basketball at the right time it's going to be a fun day inside the United Center tomorrow between the two semifinals games and the championship game on Sunday Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. Make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. He's Adam Sheets. I'm Zach Seiko. Adam, before we let everyone have a good rest of their night, where can people keep up with your work? At Sheets Adam on Twitter, you can keep up with all Penn State basketball things as they're moving on to the NCAA tournament after the Big Ten tournament. 
All right. And make sure you subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions on YouTube and let us know what you're thinking about this Penn State team. Spring ball for Penn State football is so close as well. And more content on that, too. And Adam, can't wait for our next conversation. Hopefully Penn State makes it to the Big Ten Championship. Yep. Thanks, Zach. Always a pleasure.